Alright, it's time for the week. ZTGD Radio. This is episode 781 for January 29th, 2024. On the show this week, we have Anthony. Yep. We got the Wombat. Yes, sir. That's it. That's it. God damn. I was just, I can't believe it's February on Friday. Yeah. Flying by. 2024 just started. Why is it already one twelfth done? You know, I'm I'm all right with just wrapping this year up. <laughs> I mean, it's been a long year already. I'm tired. It has been. I'm tired. It's like the weather's up and down, left and right, back and forth. But the video games have been good. We can talk about those. Anthony, you wanna you wanna kick it off with? Yeah, some sure. Um, I'm still playing another code recollection because um, I I need to get to the parts that I've never seen before. But I will say it's a little odd that um, in recreating uh, trace memory, it is not the complete game. It is like abridged slightly. Um, not that that's a complaint necessarily, but it does feel like this has sort of been turned into a walk somewhere, do a very small minor puzzle, and then walk to the next area. And I felt like Trace Memory had a lot more puzzle solving. Um, I don't know, I'm feeling a bit like I felt like playing uh, the original Detective Pikachu on 3DS, where I was like, well... There are puzzles, and there is a story, but I don't know who this is for, because it's just not that difficult. Um, honestly, the the biggest the biggest complaint I had, and it might have been in the original too, I, it's been so long I can't remember, but um, at one point you have to get into a locked door, and the key is in a fountain. And I knew that, because I had read it previously, but then the game didn't really do a good job of telling me that a door that was previously inaccessible had become accessible because I had walked up to it immediately after a cutscene where someone exited and uh, Ashley, the main character says, Oh, I, I need to go find uh, D first. So I uh, go and That's the name of her ghost friend. So, I go, because he doesn't remember his name. That's the other aspect of it. So he's just got an initial. Um, So I went, I found him in the other room, but the room is locked. So I'm like, okay. So I wandered around going, I I assumed I couldn't go through the door that she just told me I couldn't go out of. Incorrect. That is exactly where you have to go. And when you, because we got it the day of release, uh, I, I looked up online. I'm like, I'm curious if this is a consistent problem. And it was like the second like autofill on Google. That's bad design. If if everybody is searching for the same answer of what the fuck do I do now, that is bad design. Like that straight up, like telling me I can't go through a door and then like arbitrarily now I can is awful. That is uh the reason why like a bunch of shit in that um I guess it's Clock Tower 2 over here, but it's uh, Clock Tower Ghost Head, the one where you're in the house um, at first, and there's like a samurai armor and a little girl. 
like that had a lot of you can't go through this door actually you've done this thing now yes you can like okay um i still love the story um i love that it's voice acted i think the voice acting is really good um it's just it's a little odd that like i, I can't tell if it's because I never played the sequel. Maybe the sequel is very much like how the remake of Trace Memory or another code. Um, uh, like maybe that's how the sequel played out, but I don't know for sure. So maybe when I get to the second half, it's like this is being used almost like a tutorial for the bigger section at the end. I don't know yet. So when I find that out, I'll be uh, uh, letting everybody know on the podcast, I'm sure. Um, other thing I've been playing is uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. That's it's back, a... huh? Um, I've never played it. Oh, I thought you did I never... play it. No, I. So, how did that go down? I think I remember that was like during the period where they released like two Pokemon games. So I think I think it was like in November. November, the year before its release, um, they had done Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and uh, Shining Pearl, and I took that one, and then someone else reviewed. Well, I knew, I knew Drew reviewed it. I just thought y'all. I thought everybody played it. Nope. Huh. I, I, because I, I had my Pokemon fill at the time, right? And it was a remake of my favorite Pokemon games. Um, boy, this is. It's it's really weird um, playing uh, Arceus, kind of um, seeing what Pokemon could be. Um, and then they kind of didn't do that with um, Scarlet and Violet, it seems. I, I don't know how that makes sense. I, I, I guess in some sense they did take a bunch of aspects, but like I've heard it's different. Um, I really like the setup because more than anything... It like like in Pokemon, like you can catch one of a Pokemon and just be done with it, right? Um, and and this, it's asking you like, no, no, keep catching the same Pokemon, keep engaging with the same Pokemon, uh, because that increases the Pokedex entry, um, or and and in turn increases your ranking. Um, so I I think that's really smart way of having someone engage with the same content over and over um because there is a point um in like old pokemon games where you just you stop fighting you know rat uh ratata or ratata Rata- Rata- I, yeah, I think yeah so. I think okay it is. I, don't, I don't remember how it's fucking pronounced it's been since I've seen it but like the show would have pronounced that perfectly and i don't remember the show <laughs> um but um every time i hear it i just think of Ratatat tat that ass. That's exactly why my <laughs> fucking brain, like, I think of the band Ratatat. Um, so, um, but, it, you know, it, it's, you, you stop doing, you, you stop fighting those Pokemon. You just run or you use a repel. Like, you stop <clears throat> searching until you start searching for shinies, which this game also is like, hey, like, level up every Pokemon you have, too. Like, I don't know. There's a lot to do already, and I'm only in the first area, and it's it's asking me to really engage with everything. I I appreciate that because po- most Pokemon games just kind of push you towards the next gym, and because that isn't in this game, it's like 
no, no, level up your Pokemon to get to the point where you can take on alpha Pokemon and then capture them. And I don't know, there's like a lot to do. It's like the perfect sort of where I wish Pokemon would go. Um, I now understand sort of why people loved it. I actually was expecting the um, battle sequences to not be so traditional. I actually appreciate that they kind of clip back to the old Pokemon battle style while also retaining a bunch of changes that they've made um, that work alongside the overworld. I I don't know. There's a lot to this fucking game already, though, and I'm going to be in it. But this is my... uh, I'm just going to relax and do a little like just accomplish a few things and then I'm done for the day type of thing too. So, um, and then I, I wrote my review for turnip boy. Um, man, I don't like Rob's a bank at all. I, I just don't, I don't think it's as witty. I don't think it's as charming. I don't think it's as good of a game. Um, I can't understand why someone would do that like make that jump um especially when i think the formula in the first game was like perfect um it it actually was one of those games where i finished it i went that was really good we're like you know it's it's probably the perfect length for the first game but like i would have hoped a sequel did more and i don't know have a roguelike where you just kind of go through the same area over and over again because it's not randomized is not fun um it also is like just a twin stick shooter and not like the best one of those um because as soon as you uh, because there's a mechanic where if you take back weapons you find inside the bank and you give them to one of these other characters in the in the hideout um you start increasing like um an xp bar and every time that bar fills up, you get a new weapon that you can leave the hideout with. Um, because you can keep all the weapons you find, but you only have spots for two. Um, and you can only maintain those two. But like, if you sell them both, now you need another weapon, right? So they always give you your dirt sword from the uh, first game. But uh, as soon as I had the uh, submachine gun... Honestly, most most enemies like they don't fire as fast as a submachine gun. They they can't do enough damage, so I just kind of as long as I circle strafe around them, <laughs> they're dead. It, I don't know, like it just it feels like a game that would have made sense a decade ago when you know indie games were being released on the PS Vita as part of PlayStation Plus. That's <laughs> what that game feels like, and that is not a compliment. It's not it's not a like uh fuck this game it's terrible it's just like is being and i kind of asked this question in my review is being fine like okay in 2024 and i would argue it's not being an okay game is not a great place to be um not unless you're, you're a, a super fan of that particular series and it's turnip genre. boy and i yeah. I'm, I'm sorry like as much as i like turnip boy um i don't know it felt like okay so we have a character but we didn't know what to do with him rather than like we have a character and we're establishing like there's a ton of lore which seems so stupid to say in commits tax evasion like they do a ton of world building and then they just kind of throw that away i mean this is a direct sequel it does pick up the story but it's like the world fundamentally feels different now it feels more like it's built for comedy it's kind of how I felt with um, as much as I really want a third one. It's kind of how I felt about um, 
Wolfenstein, the new order being very serious, right. And being very much, um, two steps away from being a horror film or a horror game, I should say, because like they show you some terrible stuff. And then the sequel kind of treating it like it's a Tarantino flick. It's kind of like that where the first game was funny with a serious story. And this one's just, it's funny because it's, it's stupid. And I'm like, I don't know. Those, those two things aren't the same, even though they're like working off the same sense of humor. Um, it's by no means like a bad game. It's just in a world where Enter the Gungeon exists, I would never recommend this game. Like, there's no way like you can compete with that one game, let alone all the ones I've never played. Um, you know, I I was gonna list off a bunch of games in the in my review about it, but I just felt that was kind of um, pointless. Like, I, I've given you the tools to go and find that, but I'm not gonna tell you like another game is great. I said I do bring up Enter the Gungeon, but um, you know, I I think like something like Iron Cryptical is a better twin stick shooter. It's technically a roguelike, but it's basically just gauntlet. Um, but like it feels better to play it, you know, it, and it's still weird that like the game has technical issues. Um, it's not that demanding of a game to, to my eyes anyways. Like I, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff clearly going on, you know, that I don't see coding wise, but, um, Enter the Gungeon runs fine on my base PS4. Uh, why why does this Turnip Boy game that doesn't look as good not run very well on my Xbox One? And may, I mean, it's clearly because Xbox sucks. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> just uh, it, it is. It, but it's odd. And then I I'm like, you know, I'm playing on Xbox One. The Switch is generally considered like lesser hardware. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's a few things that it does better than the base Xbox One because it is newer. But um, it, it could also be it could also be that like th- th- you're gonna spend more time optimizing the ones that's gonna sell. Mm. Sure, um, but it's also but, weird like, because it's on Game Pass, so you'd think they would put a little effort. That that's that's the other, and it's not on PlayStation at all. Oh, that's weird. I didn't realize those games weren't on PlayStation. Uh, no, the first one is. The first one's on everything. But the second one isn't on PlayStation. Yeah. Okay, that's stupid. Yeah, and and I think my I think I'm most critical, and I don't put this in my review because it's it's um purely, purely subjective. I can't I can't in good faith put that in a, a criticism or it'll sound like just someone on a soapbox. But if you're gonna kind of move in a different direction and kind of make it seem like you're selling out. I'm I'm not saying this person is, but like your your character committed tax evasion in the first game. That that is a great place to jump off of like okay, well, you know, the taxes were still owed even though, you know, he fought the big bad at the end of the first game. So, cuz someone, someone somewhere would absolutely still come to you to get your money. Right, that's how a collection agency works. It wouldn't have been great if a collection agency came in and this was Turnip Boy sells out, and it was just every game. You know what I mean? Like there, there's there's things you could do, like a Vampire Survivors clone where it's a uh, Turnip Boy, right? But the the joke is that we, it is a sellout would have been much funnier to me 
especially when like the best jokes in in Turnip Boy, both of them, uh, are the sort of more wittier, darker humor. Um, like you find, you find the in in Rob's a bank, you can find the villain's son in in the basement. Of course, in the basement of the bank in the dark. And he's like, I haven't seen my father. If you see, if you uh, see, visit him. Uh, can you put this letter on the desk and tell him I love him? <laughs> and it's just the the uncomfortableness on this little turnip boy's face <laughs> as this character is telling that. And sure enough, I did it, and there was dialogue about from the villain about his son. <laughs> um, you know, uh, one of the the this older lady. Um, I don't remember if she's a cherry. It's hard to tell some some of the characters when they have like more like hats on or whatever. But um, she talks in like the uwu speak from the internet. Oh god! And it's the only time that Turnip Boy talks. She talks and hits on him, and he just says, "Please, please be quiet." <laughs> it's the only time they give Turnip Boy dialogue is when he's telling her to shut up because <laughs> he's not, he's not okay with it. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, those are good. But then they'll do something where I'm like, I get it. It's it's a meme. It's not it's not funny. It, it, to me, it's like this is this is like okay, it's not great. Um, I, I don't know, because so, I did play the first one after finishing, um, well, almost finishing Rob's Bank. I, I was like, okay, fuck this final segment. Um, it wasn't fun to do. And then it was not fun to undo because they ask you to do a certain thing. And then they make you go back through this, the bank that they've just altered enough. So you can't use the shortcuts you would normally use. You have to turn off all the things. I'm like, Oh, fuck this. I'm like, this whole game just constantly was like, Hey, you know, the area you've been through like multiple times, because we always start in the same fucking spot in the bank, which is the entrance. You're going to have to keep going through this bank. Over and over and over again. It's like I got it. You built you built the assets and you wanted to get the most out of them, but like this feels like busy work. Um yeah. Anyways, Turnip Boy commits tax evasion is absolutely worth your time if you want to play a Zelda game that's got some pretty good puzzles. Um it's, the combat's okay. It's, I'm not gonna tell you it's as good as Zelda in that that regard, but I thought it did some really interesting stuff. And I think that story um, was really well told. It's one of those you have to kind of read some of the documents that you can find around the world. Um, they just kind of pop up when you walk up to them, unless it's something the Turnip Boy can rip up, in which case you have to do all 20 of those to get the final uh, ending, or the um, the real ending, I should say. Um, but I, I even said that you can, that you should play the first one, because the first one is like a really good time. Excuse me, it's only about like four hours, too. I, I do own it, so I did install it. I I I was really impressed with like the second to last dungeon, um, not so much for its design, but for what it does story wise. It's something I'd never really seen in a game, and it works perfectly because Turnip Boy is so adorable. Um, like he's just this, you know, he's a turnip with eyes and legs and a big smile. Um, so yeah, that was it. I mean, I, you know, nothing, none of the big blockbusters. I did pick up the new, like a dragon, but I mean, really, come on. I'm not getting to that anytime soon. <laughs> it's one of those, look, I have to buy it. Plus, um, because I'm picking up the PS4 copy, 
those are definitely not nearly as out there as the ps5s like um i i uh called my GameStop and they're like we have one copy left i'm like please hold it i'll be right there so all right uh we'll move on to the wombat maybe yeah sorry for some reason it uh wouldn't unmute there for a second (laughs) um so that was a lot of drama for not much payoff um true I haven't really paid played much. Um so I did I'll just talk about a couple things briefly. Um I played a game on VR uh called First Person Tennis. Tennis. Uh, and, yeah, and it was uh it was pretty fun. Uh I it's there's a free trial of it where you get to play for a half hour. Um it's $22. I'm not going to pay $22 for it. Um, Why are VR games such weird prices? I don't know. I I think it's just because <clears throat> I think it's because they don't know what to price it as. Yeah, but like... It's probably worth, cause it's probably worth more than they're charging to. I don't know. I, now that you mention it, it's, yeah, it's like always like 22 26 like yeah, yeah, there's yeah. numbers close to that that are like ended zeros and fives. Yeah, like it's just uh, it's just weird to me. Yeah, the so I I think probably for ten bucks I would buy it because uh, it's got you know a career mode and a training mode and all that stuff and the 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 actual the 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 tennis tennis physics are pretty good. Um, it's basically you've got several ways to set up the movement. Um, you can you know move your arms back and forth to run uh or you can um uh teleport to the to wherever the balls hit and so i played the the teleport version um and it just kind of you know the other person hits the ball it teleports you you know to the right spot on the court to be able to return it um and you got to swing and it you know it matters just like real tennis what direction you're holding your racket how hard you swing it whether you put like backspin on it um it the the tennis physics are actually really good surprisingly so um but it's just not it, it's not something i would pay 22 dollars for but if it if it goes on sale or something for 10 bucks i'll probably pick it up because it was the trial was fun um and then yeah i mean outside of that the only other thing i've played is Baldur's gate um i am cleaning up uh companion quests uh, so I have finished three of the companion quests at this point. Um, and I'm just going through and cleaning up some other side quests and some companion quests before I sort of take on the, the last couple major ones. Um, yeah, man, that game is so freaking good. Um, there is, I, I mentioned it in the discord, but for everybody listening as well. Um, I, th- I think the, um, so all the companion quests are good. Um, the companion quest for Will um, is it's a little weird compared to the other ones because it feels more, it feels less personal to Will and more um, like it should have been a side quest in the game outside of his companion quest, and maybe his companion quest could have been something different. Um, 
that's not necessarily a criticism. It just it's a little it's a little more disconnected from him than the rest of them are. But it has some relatively significant lore buried behind it. So um it's uh, it's definitely worth doing uh if if you're in a playthrough where you've recruited Will. Um it's it's definitely worth doing because I think the the payoff is a pretty cool boss fight and some some pretty significant lore for the the um the universe here. So um definitely worth playing that. <clears throat> Outside of that, um like I said, I'm 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 pretty close to the end, just cleaning stuff up and the game just continues to get better and better the deeper you go into it and um you you start to you start to get to a point right where all these decisions that you've made up till now um are, are starting to pay off and um there's some some big choices left to make so um i'm excited to see i'm excited to finish it up and see how it ends um uh, 70 hours i think is how much i have into it um and if i had to guess I'd say there's probably another 10 hours to go, um, depending on what I do and cleaning up all the rest of the side quests and stuff. So I'd say probably you know, maybe 10 to 15, depending on what all else I have to do. So, um, yeah, it, the game is amazing and should be on everybody's list to play, except Ken's because he's a hater. <laughs> hey, I played it. It's just <laughs> not for me. Yeah, no, it's fine. Uh yeah, that's it. I haven't played um is it I haven't fine? played anything else. I don't think it's fine. But I <laughs> I I I think there's a problem. Ken, you need to play that game. Put on your big boy pants. Sit down. Ain't nobody nobody in the history of this show not have some games that their ass should have played but didn't. That's true. Fair enough. And y'all motherfuckers been on me about Baldur's Gate for like six months. I booted it up, I'm like, yeah, this is not my jam. It's fine if it's not for you. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's it. I haven't played anything else. All right. Uh, I'll I'll just go through a couple quick things. I tried out that Phantom Abyss because like everybody was talking about it. And, like the Indiana Jones thing came out. And they're like, oh man, I hope it controls like Phantom Abyss. I hope it doesn't control like Phantom Abyss because the whip mechanic in the that's game. That's the Feels very That's stiff. the Devolver game, right? Yeah, where you're running through the levels, you got to jump and use the whip. Yeah, okay. and, yeah, but like they're talking about the whip mechanic, and like, like it feels awkward. Listen, I... whip mechanics were clearly uh, perfected in Castlevania '64. No, just, just no. <laughs> It's funny because the PS2, the PS2 Castlevania game handles the whip much better. <laughs> Man, those PS2 games were hated, and I didn't think they were that bad. They were. And I reviewed one of them, and one the the one I reviewed, I don't remember which one it was. Did, was so fucking. Did you use boring. a whip in it? I don't remember. Oh, okay, uh, I'll, I'll look is, it up and I'll tell you which one it was. It was boring um, as hell. Lament, Lament of Innocence, and Curse of Darkness. Yeah, Curse of I, Darkness is the one that you maybe, like monster maybe, collect. Maybe the one I played was on Xbox. I don't remember. They're the same. I'll, I'll it's the it. same game. Okay. Xbox only got one of, or did they get both? I think it only got Lament of Innocence. 
Yeah, there was something weird about how like one of them didn't come out on Xbox. I but, don't remember. But they were they were games that were made like um I think it's come out since that he was basically given no more than what he got budget wise uh for the Game Boy games. That's ridiculous. So like they had to build a full ass Metroidvania PS2 game uh with a budget for a Game Boy Advance title. Yeah. I I don't think they're like highlights of Castlevania, but I don't no. think they're as bad as everybody makes them out to be. There's some weird shit in those games that I appreciate. They're a hell of a lot better than the 64 ones, I'll say that. Uh, I don't have to... You, you don't have to try very arm. hard, but yes. Um, What else did I play? I, I, I might be addicted to Vampire Survivors now. Like, I, Oh, the game is so great. Oh, I, I can't wait for you to unlock like the next tier of items like i don't yeah i'm just like i'm trying to like i wasn't around for the zeitgeist of vampire survivors so i don't know all the little tips and tricks like i'm just discovering the weapons and like experimenting to see what works and so far garlic is the is the jam garlic is a good jam garlic yeah. won't be your jam forever you'll end up switching to Oh, uh, once you once you figure out the combination to get the book upgraded, the book is so much better. Well, yeah, I, you, you I got gotta, you got to combine the different things to get to unlock new better powers. Okay, like yeah, it doesn't like give you any hint of that when you're playing, but like you will you will eventually get um if you if you go into the pause menu, I don't I don't know if it's there right away. You might have to buy it as an upgrade. But um, there's a like menu that shows you like things that you mix together and what you get from them, but they won't fill in until you've collected the parts hmm. for the first time. Well, I have the um, map now. Like I've, I can look at the map on the pause screen and like I the can map find is the not coffins. helpful until the the. Um, I mean, the coffins are helpful, but like the, the map really comes into play when you have the next tier of items sort of unlocked. There's like a event thing that you do. I've got two bonus levels open. I did the first one, which is just like plants. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan of that one. Uh, the one that is like, a bu- there's a bunch of items just kind of strewed about. Uh, the second one I got is the snow one. Okay, there's the one that's like a blue room. And that is one that is easy to get to death on. Um, your first, let me guess, the first level you did where you like finished it was the library. Oh yeah, the library I did yeah. like library is much easier. Level eighty six is what I hit on the library. Yeah, that game is fun. Uh, by the way, sorry. By the way, the the Castlevania game I reviewed on the original Xbox was Castlevania: Curse of Darkness. Oh okay. All right. And that game was boring as shit. Well, that was that. That's the, where I was saying, like the the budget, like they basically had these bunch of rooms, but there was like nothing in them other than enemies, because they had nothing else they could do money wise. Um, but that one is really interesting. The further you get in, you start basically training your little fiends or whatever they're called. Uh, they they had some specific name. Um, yeah, they were. Um... Devil forging. They were yeah, innocent devil devils. Yeah, innocent, innocent devils. devils. Oh, that's what they were but, called. Yeah, but um, that turns into like basically like Digimon and Pokemon. Yeah, it's so. it was like it's like um, it was a lot like the mags in uh, Fantasy, Fantasy Star Online. 
Yeah. I've yeah. never played Fantasy Star Online. Oh, I didn't like when gosh. I, don't, I didn't really like the new, because, like, you know, my Fantasy Star, like, I saw was the RPGs, the top-down RPGs. So it was like, <sighs> this is not Fantasy Star. This is, like, Man. cyber. Fantasy so Star Online was so good. Oh, we played the shit out of that back in the day. Yeah, I love that game. Oh, uh, and also I can finally talk about the two games I said I couldn't talk about for two weeks. Um, I'll start with Like a Dragon, because I, I, I fell off of that game. And it's not because it's a bad game. I think it's, it like, if you're in, if you like that first Like a Dragon, I mean, you'll enjoy this one. My biggest issue with this game is that it accentuates the problems that that series continues to have. Which is... And, and of course, I'm being hyperbolic here, but you didn't have like a 40 minute conversation about a fucking rapper, a candy rapper. Like these people just talk forever about nothing. Like something that could have been a 30 second conversation ends up being like a five the minute voice cuts- acted cutscenes too. Yes, these are voice oh, acted cutscenes. Fuck, I thought it was like maybe text. I was like, okay. There's a lot of the text ones too, but there are literal like full on cutscenes where, and it's like, I love Ichiban. I think he's a great character, but does he really need to give though everything's going to be great speech every time you get in a conflict? Like, is that necessary? I I I don't know, and it just. It literally probably takes eight to ten hours before that game gets going. And that is wild to me. Like, in the year of our Lord, 2024, if your game ain't ain't kicking within like an hour or two, what are we doing? Um, the combat is very much the same. The turn-based systems... Um, you now have like where you can hit people into your teammates and it'll it'll lock up a combo you can knock them into the wall it'll knock up a combo um there are 6000 systems in this game that you will discover over the course of the it reminds me a lot of Nino Kuni 2 i think it was or no it was the first one where like you were still getting um, tutorials of how to do new things like 40 hours into the game. Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword is another good one. Yes, absolutely. This is a rupee. Shut the fuck Oh, up. yeah. Like, I'm not even kidding. The, 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 the rapper conversation was hyperbolic, but there is a scene where you have a conversation for about five minutes about picking up tickets off the ground. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't need that much exposition about picking up a fucking ticket off the ground. It just drags, man. It makes you not want to play. At least me. Like, I know... I'm going to say this, and it's going to make people angry, but the stuff that this game does... Another open-world game, let's just say Assassin's Creed, or, like, Gotham Knights, would have been crucified for the decisions that are made. Like, the things that you have to sit through in order to get a very minimal amount of information. I'm trying to think of a game where, like, there's been 
a complaint, like the last big game that's had a complaint about sitting through cutscenes. I can only think of ones where people have said the cutscenes are bad. That's a bit different. Like, I don't have any problem with the characters and the cutscenes, at least until I got to a certain character in the game. I was using English voice, because Ichiban's English voice actor is fine. But eventually a character shows up, and in case you don't know what it is, I'm not going to spoil it. And their American voice actor is so bad that I had to change it. I'm just like, I can't, I can't I, I, listen are, to this. Are you talking about who I think you're talking yes, about? Yes, I'm talking about exactly who you think I'm talking okay, about. Okay, well, they're on the cover. I understand that, but some people may have not played it. I don't, don't, don't make me say I'm it. saying if you go to buy the game, you're, you're spoiled. <laughs> I get it. I understand. I understand what you're doing. I'm just saying, like, also people. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, I haven't played the first game, so. Yeah, and, and like, sure. there's like the whole there's a whole lot of story in here, and and they do the thing which is good. Also, it's probably really hard for me because I'm coming off of the man who erased his name, and like that felt perfect to me. Like, there's a lot I'm... of conversation, there's a lot of dialogue, there's a lot of good story, but it's really well wrapped in like a twenty hour package. So I I found a list. Um of games with the longest cutscenes and they actually give you the time. So I want to just call out the gamer for doing this research, I suppose. Um, Legends of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel comes in at number nine with 20-minute cutscene. I mean, that sounds right. Hold on. Next one up, Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core, 23 minutes. Jesus Christ. Xenoblade Chronicles 2, 24 minutes. So, right after that, Xenosaga, 25 minutes. I'm sensing a pattern here. Oh, wait, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, 28 minutes. Can you imagine listening to anything Kingdom Hearts related for 28 Dude, minutes? I checked out after 28 seconds. I don't know what you're talking Dude, about. Dude, the fucking heartless nobodies, and people will be like, no, no, it makes sense. Does it? The fact that it's Roxas it really? and Sora and... Was but it it's Sora X, but they're the same you're person. Nothing, you're nothing or whatever. Heartless shit. Oh uh, my god. Yeah. I, Remember yeah, when I'm this was just Disney games. Disney and, and Final Fantasy coming together and then it just turned into like pure chaos? Doesn't the, um, the, doesn't the one... second game, like, it, it, sorry to derail, but doesn't the second game start off and you don't, like, with new characters you don't even know? You're playing as Roxas in the. Yeah, in the and like you game. don't even know who they are because the game never explained it to you. Um. Well, that's because you need to play the mobile game. It was released in Japan only, back on flip phones. Come on, Ken. <laughs> or watch uh, number the concert. Four. Number. Oh. At least, at least with near, at least with near, like all the little side stories that are in the novels and all that stuff are like just more stories in the universe. They are not mandatory knowledge for the next game in life. Oh, fuck. Uh, Death Stranding, 31 minutes. Oh, uh, yeah, that sounds right. Um, I don't remember which one that is. I don't either, but I would not. It's probably one of the... the uh, Hartman. The BB flashbacks? No, Hart- Hartman. Oh, Hartman, okay, yeah. Remember, because it happens almost in real time? Oh, yeah. I think that's the longest cutscene. At least there was a reason for it. Uh, Yakuza 0 comes in at 3 with 42-minute cutscene. Jesus Christ. Jesus, I wonder which one that is. Zero. Um, I don't, epilogue. I don't... Jesus Christ. 42-minute epilogue after the final boss. I think I know what number oh, okay. one is. I bet you I know what number yeah. one is. 
<laughs> okay, so I you don't know what number two is though. There's no you'll never guess. No, it. I, I no. Star Ocean: The Last Hope at forty six minutes. Nah, fuck off. Nah. Okay, so what's number one, Ken? Metal Gear Four. Yep. Yep. Metal Gear Solid Four. Um, the final cutscene uh, cutscenes that are seventy one minutes in length. Yeah. Jesus, I fucking hate that game so much. I'm sorry. I know, like, it, it's 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 a masterpiece. It looks beautiful to this day. I get it. But I I started up Metal Gear Solid Four, and I was like, I'm I can't play this piece of shit, dude. Metal Gear Solid Four. I love that game. Don't get me wrong, but it literally is the definition of a game that sniffs its own ass. I oh, like, 100%. it stopped. That so not only is the the first cutscene way too long, it then stopped me for another cutscene after like five minutes of gameplay. What are you doing? Uh, that is how I felt playing uh, Infinite Wealth. Well, I hate that shit. So I yeah. I told you guys when I was reviewing it in the Discord, I was like, I've played this game for three hours. I've had two battles. Yeah, yeah, that, that's it's it, it's yeah, it's crazy. No it's... offense, Ken, but like I kind of hoped that it was just like. A you thing, you know what I mean? I, I no, hope it is too, because everybody God. else seems to love it, and maybe it get like the problem is, is that I was reviewing it, and like the same time I was playing Prince Persia and I was playing Tekken, which I'll talk about in a second, and like between those three games, Like a Dragon literally was like I didn't want to play it compared to the other two. So like I just like every time I'd look at it, I'm like I should boot this up and play a couple hours. I'm like I really don't want to do that. And that sucks. And it's like, I'll go back to it because I love the first game until the difficulty spike. Difficulty spike pissed me off. And then, like, I'm looking at people's impressions of it after it came out. They're like, yeah, this is really good. It has one of those difficulty spikes again. I was like, just give me ten more reasons I don't want to play this game. <laughs> ah! It sucks, too, because there's so much crap in this game. And I, and I think it's great. I think the characters are great. You know, it looks amazing. It just... I love the humor. I just, man, it's hard to play. Sometimes it is, especially for somebody who doesn't have, you know, 10 hours to blast through it on a day by itself. But I don't know. Uh, And then I played Tekken. I've been playing Tekken for like two weeks. And that game shits all over Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter in almost every way imaginable. Just the amount of content. And they'll still sell costumes, and it won't feel like as much of a ripoff because they've actually put out a good product. Anthony, there are like five costumes per character already in the game, and over a thousand customization items that you can just earn in the game. Oh, oh, that's right. I forgot that's Namco. Yeah, because they do. That was Soul Calibur. Yeah, there's like... And then then they still will sell you like DLC characters, but it doesn't, again, doesn't feel scummy, but that's right. That's... uh... Forgot they do that. I yeah. forgot they had the customization. That was added, what, last? No, I that was added was on, like, the five. PS2. I think it was yeah. 5, yeah, that when That's, they started that. 5 was the one that came with, like, the first three games and then the Devil Saga thing. Yeah. And That's like, when I tried to play it, and I was like, man, Tekken ain't for me. Um, Just, like, the amount of... Like, all of that stuff is in the game, and it's like, you can just earn the the in-game currency just by playing it, and... You can just use it to spend for whatever customization item you want. And you can have up to like eight slots per character. 
for customized costumes. You go, you also get four default costumes right out of the box. Costumes. Costumes. Um, you've got the arcade mode, which is in there. You've got the time attack. You've got the verses. You've also got what are called store uh, character episodes, where you can play through as every character five matches, and then you get a cutscene, a CGI cutscene, so you get an ending for all... Th- and the base roster is 32 characters, which is crazy. Um, there's a full-on... So on... that mode is like... That mode is like the... The, um, the non-canon stuff? Yeah, so like the, the okay. little character stories. Where, like, yeah, like, well, Lizard Man received Soul Edge and now rules the world with his fellow lizard <laughs> oh yeah it's 100 percent that and it's 100 percent stupid like there's one ending where um one of the characters that likes tea and one of the characters that likes coffee has a fight over which is better and then they feed it to a llama it's fucking tech man yeah um there, there's the story mode which is like three hours of just utterly insane nonsense and it's wonder there's like a mad max scene in it which is crazy um You've got Tekken Ball, you've got Online, you've got this new tutorial mode called Arcade. Uh, was it Arcade Journey or something like that? Where basically you pick an avatar and you go to arcades and you learn Tekken fighting. So like it teaches you how to do the heat gauge and it teaches you how to do combos and stuff like that. All by learning from other people in the arcade. And on top of that, the game looks incredible. Like it's one of the best looking games I've ever seen. Like, if you like Tekken, if you like fighting games in general, you absolutely have to get this game. It is so good. So, yeah. That's another reason why I didn't want to play Like a Dragon a lot, because I was too busy playing Tekken. Fucking rules. And then... Yeah, Tekken, Tekken 8 is really, really good. Definitely, definitely pick that one up. And that's it. That's, uh... I played a couple other indie games. Nothing really stood out. Uh, I did pick up Agalos finally because it was like $2 on the Xbox store. So I'm going to play that. I always wanted to play that, but I never got around to playing it. And I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. So let's talk about what's out this week. Uh, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, we've got Brotato. I don't know what that is. Everybody talks about that game, but I have no idea what it is. I have no idea what it is either. You know what? I'm thinking of the wrong game. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure I remember this. No, I remember Potato Man Seeks the Truth. Um, What is it with you and vegetable video games? Dude, okay, so... Potato Boy Seeks the Truth was like a weird meme thing in the like indie game community at one point, which I was like following intently. So um, it was just this like weird run to the right of the screen game. But I don't know. Potato Man, I guess it was funny at the time. Um, Brotato is uh, Vampire Survivors. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah, with overwhelmingly overwhelmingly positive reviews on steam huh well it's on game pass so <laughs> it's it's on my phone because i think my son downloaded it at some point uh so at some point i'll have to check it out yeah it's on game pass so fuck it i'll check it out well, hold um, on I, I recognize the 
Huh. Okay. Uh, it's Blobfish Games, and their other stuff was also potato related. So, man, they must. Uh, they must somebody be there just really likes potatoes. All right, I suppose so. That and it's easy to draw. Uh, yeah, this round, this round blob, it's potato. All right. It is actually kind of I a guess. big week for releases. Uh, so we got Dead by Daylight, Alan Wake crossover. Uh, for people who who bought the stupid edition, Suicide Squad: Kill the Justice League is out on Tuesday. Uh, Lost Legends of Redwall, the Scout anthology, uh, Song of Nunu, a League of Legends story. It's still weird that that a Redwall game is being made and released for, in 2024. <laughs> uh, the author's been dead for a decade, I think. Huh. Well, well licenses, man, they're crazy. Uh, Speed Crew. Gensha, Jujutsu Kaisen Cursed Clash, Mighty Aphid 2, uh, Persona 3 Reload, Project Down... I have a question for you quickly. Um, It has nothing to do with the actual game, but every time you see Jujutsu Kaisen, do you not think of that... What what was that? Um, Chuto Chojin? Oh, Kakuto Chojin? Kakuto Chojin. Yeah, that's what I keep thinking of. Every time I read that, that's what my brain goes to. I, my son has already pre-ordered this Jujutsu Kaisen game. He is over the moon excited for it. Uh, Terrence is excited for it too. Like I don't even know what the fuck it is. I I can't I can't hear it without thinking of Jason Gambrell and <laughs> Super Robot Tyson. <laughs> He's been messaging me like once every couple of days and just like tell him to get his ass back on the show dude i respond to him all the time and that man will like he'll he'll message me and then like two weeks he'll just disappear i don't know what's going on with him um project downfall and then suicide squad kill the justice league is out in full on friday uh grand blue fantasy relink uh what else we got here piggy gambit are you excited for piggy gambit uh, PlayStation, sure. <laughs> PlayStation 4 and Xbox One continue to dwindle. There's nothing on here that's not on PS5. Let's check Xbox One. Uh, Teppo and the Secret Ancient City. Uh, Knights of Braveland. And that's it. Everything else is now... It's, we're, we're almost over cross-gen. Almost. Four years in, we're almost over. Almost. Uh, Nintendo Switch, we've got Counter Shooter Strike Zone, Zombie Football Simulator, just in time for the Super Bowl. Uh, Big Watermelon Match, Eastward Octopia, Cubic, Miniland Adventure, Seven, Turret Rampage, Candy Shake Cup, Seba, Defense Master, Harpoon Shooter Nozomi, Japanese Escape Games, The Police Office, uh, Five Knights of Braveland games? What is that? No idea. There's five of them. We got Knights of Braveland, Knights of Braveland Around the World, Fantastic Beasts, Fun and Memes, and Hero Pack. Okay. Uh, All right. That's a lot of games. That is a lot of games in a series for one. Uh, Dr. Frank's Build a Boyfriend. 
uh, dream. Okay, game. is that so? So I I need to yeah. <laughs> I need to ask is is what type of game do you think it is? Oh, visual uh, novel. A, a Frankenstein dating simulator. That'd be pretty good. Wow! It? Wow! I mean, the both are correct. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, I wish we could get uh, that Frankenstein 2D game from the Super Nintendo Genesis era, the the Robert the Robert De Niro one. We need to do that. Yeah. Um, De Niro one. Hmm? Yeah, the Robert De Niro Frankenstein. Yeah, they movie. made a movie. Oh, oh, they made a game. oh, sorry. You know what? Like, okay, yeah, no, I was thinking of something else game wise and confusing it because there was like a there was a Frankenstein like platformer for Super Nintendo too, right? Yeah, D- Doctor Franken. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's what I was thinking of, and I was like, I don't think Robert De Niro was tied into that. No, no, different, different Frankenstein, <laughs> different Frankenstein. Uh, Dream Cutter, Farm Day Simulator, twenty twenty four. The, the 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 big switch game postal brain damaged is out and then the pigeon simulator in case you want to simulate a pigeon and that's okay. it okay all right let's do the news we're kicking off with xbox this is going to be a bumpy ride let's do this um we'll start with positive id at xbox announced indie selects it's a new way for ID and Xbox to spotlight indie games. Uh, it's a curated collection of indie titles on the store with more support on socials. A new collection comes each Wednesday. Six indie games of the month are chosen at the end of the month. It's a good way to get those games out there. It's like Anthony said, you don't have time to be fine in 2024. I mean, 2024 <clears throat> was even worse than 2023 did for releases yeah so far and we're only at january it's like we didn't and, and and this isn't like a slight we didn't really have a bunch of first party stuff outside of uh spider-man really right like from the big two starfield right. and forza i mean okay you, you, starfield was not the success they wanted it to no be but it was still a big forza. game it was still a no big but game. i'm just saying it wasn't like I don't think the conversation, the the collective conversation, was positive about those games. <laughs> no, um, but the the conversation about Starfield still hasn't ended. So, <laughs> no, I suppose. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm I'm pretty sure this disproves the idea that uh, all publicity is good publicity. Uh, I mean, it sold a lot, so who knows? Yeah. Uh, Microsoft added touch controls to the Xbox app beta version on Android and iOS this week. The user can now control their console remotely or play games on their phones without a controller. That sounds miserable, but yeah. I'm glad it's there. Yeah, it sounds miserable. All right, the big story this week. Um, Microsoft laid off 1,900 people from its video game workforce. Uh, Mikey Barra and Alan Adham are leaving Blizzard. Blizzard's previously announced survival game has also been canceled, uh, but they're shifting some of the people working on it to one of the several promising new projects Blizzard has in the early stages of development. You know, those games due out in 2030. Uh, Bloomberg says the survival game... No, it's those games that they're talking about are actually just new ways to ruin Overwatch. I mean, that's probably going to happen. Uh, Blizzard's survival game Odyssey was in development for six years, started on Unreal, then switched to Synapse. It was kind of like Rust slash Minecraft with up to 100 players. 
The developers had hoped Microsoft would let them go back to Unreal. Uh, they had planned to add hundreds of devs to the project to hit a 2026 release. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, this thing is a mess. Um, just just like going through the tweets and stuff, it seems like the teams most impacted were in Activision Blizzard. Um, yeah, for sure. Quite a lot of the Overwatch team and the Call of Duty like side teams. What was it? We yeah. Saw, we saw that one uh, like Toys for Bob lost like 30% of their devs or something. Yeah, I think it was 40%. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that is ridiculous. Yeah, and a lot of... Um... I saw a lot of, uh, just anecdotally, a lot of folks that were from like level design teams mm-hmm. um, saying that they were let go. Um, yeah, I mean, l- listen, the there's no there's no guarantee that without the merger, that people wouldn't have gotten laid off at Activision Blizzard. But I mean, the reality is, post merger, this was almost guaranteed. Oh, 100%. It doesn't make it good, but it's it's going to oh, happen. of course not. Yeah, it's it actually it, it it makes it very bad in how predictable it was. Um yeah. but the uh yeah, I mean it's uh it 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 unfortunately will not be the last. Um and that's one of the consequences of the uh industry becoming more and more consolidated. Uh, yeah. It's going to it's going to continue happening. We've seen it thousand times at this point you know when playstation bought bungie they laid off a bunch of people like riot just laid off a bunch of people twitch laid off a bunch of people like it's just embracer bought all those companies and basically killed all of them yep it's just it's disgusting um i do know because i follow overwatch pretty heavily that the biggest team that took the hit over there were the Narrative and single player team. Shocker there. Shocker. Yeah. yeah. So Yeah. I don't know I don't know what's gonna happen at this point with some of these games. I don't know. It, and then like there was that story floating around that Microsoft fired a bunch of people on the physical game team, which ended up getting a little debunked that like they were getting out of physical games. But let's all be fair, we know where Microsoft is going with the Xbox. That shit's gonna be digital. Yeah. Was it? I saw a stat the other day that only ten percent of Xbox people who buy games buy them physical, as opposed to I think it's Nintendo's at like forty or fifty percent, and PlayStation's at like thirty or forty percent, but like Xbox is like ten percent. I'm gonna say though, like Xbox since the beginning of the Xbox One had less physical games for sale. Yes. So. It's not really a new thing. Like you would see like multi-platform games and they'd be physical on Switch and PS4 and not Xbox. And I'm not even talking limited run. I'm talking like just games you could buy at Walmart. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and they didn't help their case with Hellblade being digital only. And you do you realize that two of their first party games do not have physical versions on uh, Xbox, but one of them has a physical version on PlayStation? Which is uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. Well, I'm not surprised. Yeah, that does not have a physical Xbox version, but it does have a physical PlayStation version. Which is crazy, because they own the game. <laughs> yep. <sighs> anyway, yeah, it's it's a bad time over at Xbox. It had a lot of people, a lot of people not feeling great about 
where they're going and they really need to show that they are like this is a good time for phil spencer to get out there and do an interview because a lot of people are not really happy right now uh yeah. N- nintendo news uh they're gonna drop a legend of zelda orchestral concert on youtube on february 9th want to watch that uh they're also shutting down online service for nintendo 3ds and wii u on april 8th of 2024 so it's uh time to get your your purchases in you'll still be able to download stuff but yeah Nintendo also announced Pastel Pink Joy-Cons, releasing releasing March 22nd. Um, Prince of Persia Lost Crown senior game designer said uh, he would love to do a Zelda spinoff. Personally, I would love to work with the Zelda IP. Maybe a strange spinoff based on Adventure of Link. Oh, man. That would be cool. Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto and Eiji Aonuma uh, were spotted on Instagram. Spotted an Instagram video from Universal Studios Orlando. I don't know why that's a new story. They're not? Okay. Never mind. F-099 got a small update with uh, secret tracks and private lobbies. And the Switch 2 rumor for this week is that according to uh, Omdia analyst Hiroshi Hayase, the next Nintendo console will launch this year with an 8-inch LCD screen. Of course, okay. it's, of course it's launching with an LCD screen so they can say an OLED model in three years. Of course. What are you thinking? That's what we do now. That's right. You, you, give, them, you, give, them, you give the early adopters the junk version, and then you get, the, you get them again on the back end. Correct. Uh, what else we got here? PlayStation News. Uh, Sony CEO Kinoshiro Yoshida... Uh, said players will be able to play their favorite game wherever there is computing. They will expand their business to PC, mobile, and cloud, but PlayStation will remain the core product. Uh, A couple rumors here. Death Stranding 2 is called Death Stranding 2 on the Beach. (laughs) We'll be getting getting new info in the next 15 days. Death Stranding 2 on the beach. On the beach. I mean, if you played the first game, you understand the relevance of that title, but it's still funny. It sounds like a, it would be an Elvis movie. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. I'm on the beach. Uh, also, oh. Oh, oh, baby. Uh, Until Dawn is getting a PS5 and PC release. Uh, also should be in the next... Fi- I'm thinking there's a state of play coming in the next 15 days. What do you think? Uh, I'm guessing you're right. Yeah. Uh, my sources have told me there will be a Nintendo Direct in 2024. I've never been wrong. Just throwing that out there. Uh, releases. Uh, Splatoon 3 Side Order DLC is launching February 22nd. Nintendo never talks about Splatoon anymore. It's weird. Is it just me? Like I, they, I don't feel like they've talked about that game in like a year. Uh, no, yeah, it's... I feel like it was the same with, um, Splatoon 2 until the DLC came out. It's just weird. They usually, they used to do, like, social tweets of, like, here's the ketchup versus mustard fight. Like, I don't see that anymore. Yeah, yeah they, they're definitely not as vocal about it. Um, 
Umbra Claw launches May 30th. I don't even know what that is. Freedom Planet 2 launches April 4th on consoles. Uh, Death Stranding Director's Cut launches January 31st on iPhone, iPad, and Mac. <laughs> Dude, don't ask me. You could play it on the beach, though, you know. Um, Turbo Overkill is coming to consoles. WWE 2K24 launches March 8th. Uh, yep, and they did a weird, goofy CGI commercial with CGI Stone Cold Steve Austin and Hulk Hogan faces <laughs> over top of footage. It looked really terrible. I saw Anthony's comment in the chat. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck? Do you not know about that? No. What are you? What are you referencing? That was like. That was like a thing. Um, goes Hawaiian. Uh, I want to say it was. Um, like the original sequel plans. Jesus Christ. Wow. Oh, here it is. Hold on. Um, juice goes Hawaiian. You know, uh, I, I was just talking to uh, somebody who went and saw the um, uh, Beetlejuice off-Broadway play. Um, and so we were reminiscing about the uh, the Beetlejuice cartoon, which I loved. Oh, man, that thing was so good. Yep. I used to watch that as a kid. Oh. Okay, so here it is. Um, the idea of a movie sequel for Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian came around as early as 1990. The script, written by Jonathan Gems, followed the Dietz family as they moved to Hawaii to ve- develop a, re- a vacation resort. As construction begins, it's quickly found that the resort is being planned atop an ancient burial ground. Enter Beetlejuice, who'd accidentally awake native spirits and cause mayhem. I'd watch that. Shit. Uh, yeah. I love the first Beetlejuice movie. Uh, ours, uh, Sunkissed City is coming to Steam consoles at a later date. Arzetti, The Jewel of Faramore launches on February 14th. That's the CDI-style game from Limited Run Games. Uh, I mean, God, Godspeed. Hopefully that game plays better than those. Berserker Boy launches March 6th. Anthony sent me this. This is totally my jam. I will play this it's, game. It's Ryan's jam, too. Yeah, we, it's Mega Man. Berserker Boy. Berserker Boy. Okay. Yeah, this game... It's Mega Man. It's Mega Man, and it's got some fucking wicked, like, art style. Like, really, like, Saturday morning cartoon kind of art style. It looks good. looks real good. Interesting. It, it's got a bit of speed, too. So, like, at moments, it kind of, like, looked like he was doing... Like Sonic stuff by grinding on rails. I mean, you just you just killed Ryan's interest. What are you doing? No, no. I mean, like, <laughs> it, uh, the, I don't know. It didn't it didn't feel fully like Mega Man to me. It felt like an amalgamation of like a bunch of stuff. Um, I can't remember what the other one was. I was thinking of. Yeah, you should um, definitely look up a trailer for this because, like, as soon as you see it, you'll be like, "Yeah, I'll play that." Okay, I'll check it out. Um, Bellatro launches February 20th. Candy Rangers coming later this year. Horizon Forbidden West Complete Edition coming to PC on March 21st. Uh, that's how much Sony cares about their PC games. This was dropped on a random Thursday on Twitter. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's Into the Pit is a new game for the 10th anniversary. It's a 2D side-scroller with pixel art. That's weird. It is a little weird. 
What else we got here? Uh, Earth Defense Force 6 with English voiceover and subtitle launches March 14th in Asia. Western release still TBA for spring 2024. I mean, I'm assuming it's just going to be like five. Those games kept coming out and then they should have taken bigger breaks to, you know, really change up the the format or design or style. Ah, man. I used to love those games. Now every time I hear about one, I'm just like, okay. Um, NT Creates will reveal a new game at PAX East 2024. They're currently working on Umbra Claw and Gunvolt Records Psy Chronicle. Um... Fantastic, the developer behind the day before said the game was a victim of a hate campaign by certain bloggers, and that's why it failed. Yeah, your shit sucked, so people hated it. <laughs> that's the hate campaign. What was the... I Sorry, don't, what game? What game was this? The day before. The day before. Oh, yeah, your game, your game didn't work like you said it was going to work, dummy. <laughs> that's how that works. What was the dummy. game... What was the game that was announced this week that was like, we announced the release date and the closing date? Do you remember seeing that? Oh, yeah, that was some, um, it was a Chinese MMO. It's just so funny to me that you would announce the release, and like, they're within three months of each other, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> Video games are fucking wild right now, man. Okay, yeah, there I was some... it. It's, uh, here it is. <clears throat> Global launch notice. We are excited to break the news to you that the global version of Love Live School Idol Festival 2 Miracle Live, I'm assuming because we've said live in whatever, um, is launching soon in February 2024. However, we also want to inform you that the global version will close its doors on May 31st, 2024 and cease in-app purchases accordingly. We appreciate the love and support you've shown and we're committed to making these last few months an unforgettable moment. Last few months, it's your only months. <laughs> uh, apparently, it's been running overseas. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with it. But yeah, I read a little bit more about it that didn't exactly make sense, but made it a little less super goofy. Uh, but I don't now remember what the what the story was. Something about. Um, a version that they had running overseas, and they so they had to put this out. I, I don't know. I have to look it up, but it's not something I cared enough about to really dig into. Um, Power World. No, no, that's fair. Power World continues to sell like fucking hotcakes. Um, the Pokemon Company finally made a statement, which read like, "Yeah, we saw it. We're not going to do anything." Um, and then Pocket Pair, the company who makes Pal World, announced their upcoming roadmap, which includes new pals, islands, and tech, improving the Xbox version, raid bosses, PvP, PvP for pals, and crossplay. So, that game like sold like almost 10 million copies so far. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, what else we got here? CD Projekt Red is planning to start production on the next Witcher game, codenamed Polaris, this year. Uh, all right. Yay. <laughs> uh, Focus Entertainment will rename themselves to Pull Up Entertainment on April 1st, 2024. So weird. 
Pull up entertainment. Like the like the oh it's spelled the same it's it's uh what do they call those when they're spelled the same forward and backward? Uh a dumb uh, name okay. for your company. Pal- Palindrome. Palindrome, that's what I'm trying to think of. Yes. Uh, my yeah. my answer was correct too. Yeah. Uh, pull I up mean, is a bad it's name. A, it's a ter- it's a terrible name for a video game company. It's a fine name for like a the kind of pants you would put on a toddler who hasn't learned to pee in the toilet yet. But <laughs> It also would make sense if you were a bunch of like mustachioed barbell guys just doing pull-ups all day. Pull up, but, pull up, like, pull up. Yeah, correct. Pull up. Uh, perhaps, I, perhaps they are. You don't know. You know. You don't know. I don't. You're correct. Uh, as of today, Apple is opening the App Store to allow streaming apps like GeForce Now and Xbox Cloud streaming. So that's pretty cool. Uh, near reincarnation in service on April 29th, 2024. Riot announced they're laying off 530 people or 11% of its workforce. Piranha Bytes are commenting on their closure. Yes, it's true. Piranha Bytes are in a difficult situation. There are a lot of news about us circulating right now, and this is our answer. Don't write us off yet. Uh, Recon Games, the company behind Ruiner, laid off 60 to 70 people, which is 80% of their workforce. Uh, Black Forest Games, the guys who made Destroy All Humans 1 and 2 remakes, and TMNT The Last Ronin laid off around 50 people, which is 50% of its workforce. And People Can Fly laid off over 30 people who worked on an unannounced title for Square Enix. Okay. What else we got here? For Honor, past 35 million players. Jesus Christ. I cannot that believe game. that game is still going. I know. I'm amazed that that game is still running. Jesus. Good for them, I guess. But... No, 100%. Um, I did see... So there's a, there's a people... Like back in the old days when they used to like... Like spider websites to like look at the code... Uh, Visions of Mana is rumored to be coming to Xbox Game Pass. Okay. Which would be pretty cool. Would be pretty cool. And that's all I got. That's all the news. Uh, I do have an email. Comes from Francisco. He says, hello, ZTGD cast. I hope things are going well. I've been meaning to write, but I've been in the mountains and desert for the last two weeks. No phone, uh, no phone signals, sleeping in tents, and disconnecting from the world for a bit. Oh, that sounds enjoyable. It does. He says, sometimes you just need a small reset. Anyway, a few weeks back, there was a podcast with a spirited conversation about Star Wars. And if that is how the convos are going to go, I am all in. I can't wait for the flurry of N-words from Terrence. Very excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's talking about your After Dark uh, podcast that's never happening. Yeah. I, yeah, wish, I, know. Was, I wish Terrence was here for that. Yeah, uh, He says, in terms of Al, or AI, sorry. Uh, well, I'm an amateur <laughs> photographer. Al, too. <laughs> I'm an amateur photographer, and AI in the photographer space is also an issue. People are getting caught entering AI-generated pictures in contests, and people calling themselves digital or e-artists while using AI-generated content is really becoming a huge issue. 
Ryan is right about how eventually, if we continue to use AI to generate things, uh, eventually things will dilute things so much that everything will become stale with zero innovation. Yep. Correct. The other huge issue now is that might solve the AI this AI crisis is that right now companies are allowing regular people to use their tools and AI to create things for free and really cheap. But the dirty secret of AI is that it requires huge computational power that big companies like Microsoft and Meta or Amazon provide for free or cheap. But what about when people will be required to, required to pay a premium? Maybe it will slow down, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. If you don't think they're collecting data every time you prompt oh, the, yeah, their 100%. AI, that that's th this is the key. And I know people say it, but they say it in a cheesy way. If something's uh, if a product's free, you're the product. <laughs> wow, that's a deep way of putting it. Um, the reality is, is like YouTube, the data it collects is worthwhile keeping, even though it doesn't make a lot of money. Like it doesn't make financial sense to have youtube running but it's a great place to collect data so you know google keeps it afloat um because it does not generate re enough revenue if you look at the numbers of what is uploaded and what is watched like money wise it would never make sense the same was for the same thing was going for Twitter before the new owner kind of just buried anything that was worthwhile in data wise under like a pile of crap. But that's the reason why they are willing to let you have fun with AI. Like, yeah, generate images because one, you don't own it. So if they wanted to use it, they could. Um, two, they don't own the images they're running through generally because it's just scraping internet. Um, and like it, it's you know a great way to collect your data. What do you, what are you thinking about? What are you creatively doing? I, I, I'm sorry. I hate this. I hate the fact that these conversations even happen. Like I, I, I just AI. find it funny when people think they're artists because they they've typed stuff into an oh, AI God. generator. I mean, it 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 yeah. is unfortunate, but yeah, the people that think like that that I've seen I've seen two ways of putting it, like. Uh, oh, I'm getting better at prompting, which to me is like, just spend that time becoming a better artist. <laughs> like, actually draw, and in the time that it takes for tech to meet up to your expectations, you'll be a better artist, or by the time you learn to prompt better, you'd be a better artist. Like, I don't know, uh, I don't know if you all saw this, and maybe this will stir some shit, but the Taylor Swift controversy that happened this week? Oh, yeah, that, that yeah. was crazy. Yeah, yep. like that dude is that dude was on blast, and like if she goes after legal action, that could be big. Oh yeah, he's he's. I mean, they had the dude on um, CNN. He's I mean, he's toast. Yeah. So maybe maybe that'll yeah. get some some fires lit. And, and like, it, you know what? Like, I don't mind. I'm not a Taylor Swift fan, so if I'm I'm hearing about news, she also had to deal with a stalker too. Oh yeah. Isn't he, isn't 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 it just great to be alive in with all these terrible people? Fucking hate it. Yeah, like don't awesome. leave people. A leave her the fuck alone. Like, you know, at the end of the day, she's still a person. Like, and you, and just the fact that he they let him go, they let him go, and he like they they let him go on bond. And what did he do? He come on, like you'd arrested him so many times before too, and and been talked to. Oh fuck. Just, people are weird man 
He can't be. He, some people cannot be trusted. Okay, you cannot put them back out into the world. You know exactly what they're going to do. Yep. Like this guy with the AI thing. Like he did it before. Really, he just didn't do it yeah, on exactly. somebody this big. So right. So it's like you know he didn't learn because he definitely was called out. Because I remember when that conversation started happening, and it was like you know nothing changed. It might after he gets sued into oblivion. Yeah, but, uh, yeah that's that's that, that's. But is it gonna stop the next person? No, probably not. Shit. Right. Uh, he says for Terrence, I'm still playing Everspace Two. Thirty five hours in, I've only done two main story missions. Great game, planned to hundred percent it. Have you played yeah, that? It's on my list. Oh, okay. No, it's on my list. Uh, Terrence keeps telling me that I need to play it, and then uh, I he's gonna, big fat the, don't. So. The little bit I know about it sounds like a very much like, oh, this is that type of Ryan game where he's like, comes to the podcast and it's the only thing he has played. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's what, based on uh, what Terrence has said, it sounds likely that that would be the case. But no, I, I have not played it. Have you played any of the X games either? Any of the what? The X. I, I hate, uh, I hate, uh, the, the, there's a series called X and it was like I, a, a space sim. Not that I remember. Okay, it's all first, like it's all from the cockpit view. Um, it's it's that type of game. You fly around. There's an economy. Blah blah blah. Gotcha. Kind of uh, like freelancer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I haven't played those. Some combat, all that stuff. Um, there. I don't remember which one. One of the newer ones is like I've been told not never to buy because it's terrible. But like I've bought that. I bought that pack for like maybe ten dollars on steam and it had like four of the titles in it just something to put on the list i know more lists <laughs> yep. that's what we need more something games. to put it on the list just yep. yeah like ryan's currently taping another sheet of paper to the bottom <laughs> <laughs> uh he says pow world while controversial is actually very fun uh, i was able to get a dedicated server going on my home server that all my friends and i play in and hopefully the game if the game gets taken down i just won't lose the ability to play it this game ain't going nowhere it's, no, no the it's, game's, not, it's the game, not getting taken down i never thought the game was gonna take get taken down i figured they were gonna hear some like hey look you're getting really close to our designs and before we just go to court, you might want to fix that. Because um, generally, you kind of have to warn people, although it might be different in Japan, um, about an infringement because it's really hard to prove intent. Um, so I figured that would happen first. Um, it just sucks. I really wish I could be happy for how well the game is doing. And I don't, I don't, I don't begrudge anyone playing it. It just sucks that like I can't be happy for their success because it's kind of scummy in my opinion like on a moral level not even a legal one just a moral level i just look at it and i go eh, i don't know and then knowing kind of what that that this is kind of what they do is just kind of rip off other people because their previous game like ripped off zelda a lot um it, it's just hard to root for that person having success Lastly, uh, I'm not sure if you guys have talked about it, but the Switch MIG card, how are we feeling about it? I'm tempted to invest in it, but Nintendo is very good about blocking stuff like this. Yeah. Um, do either of you know what that is? I've seen a bunch of people talk about the MIG card. It's kind of like an EverDrive, isn't it? It's a EverDrive, essentially. Yeah. It, it's a card you put a micro SD in and you can play games off of it. And I've heard, although... 
how long that'll stay true, I don't know, that you don't need to mod the system. It's kind of like a boot disk, almost. Bit, oh, yeah, yeah, in some way. Um, I don't know exactly how it works. I, I My thing is, is that, like, when a, when a console's... Like, I'd argue, if it weren't such, for the fact that it's so weird, this console generation is now kind of, like, still split between the old consoles and the new. Like, the old consoles haven't exited. Usually you get, like, you know, a couple months of support, but we are coming up on, like, what, a year and a half? Um, but uh, I, I, I think it's okay once the old console is sort of off the market to kind of invest in this stuff. So I wouldn't look at it until support for the Switch is kind of dead and gone. Which could be I, another I like... decade, considering if the new one's backwards compatible. Right. So, so like, that's the reason why, like, after they closed the 3DS shop, I was like, I don't care now, because anything I'm buying isn't new in store. It'll all be secondhand. Um, so no one's going to make money off me. And I, I spent a lot of money on the 3DS shop before it closed, because there was games I wanted. Um, you know, a lot of the uh, uh, Shin Megami Tensei stuff, just it wasn't even so much of a, I, I'm going to play this right away. It's just that like, these are in series that I've played other games in it. And I want to make sure I have it just in case. Um, but I wasn't afraid to spend the money because I knew there were also quality games. Um, but then, you know, was I going to go out and hunt down or was going to go out and uh, buy the digital versions of Pokemon? No, I don't, I don't play those games um, and get like obsessed with them the same way. Um, I can kind of play one and be done with it. So I, I, I modded my 3DS. I, you know, I, there's no legal way to obtain any of this where the money's still going to the developer or the publisher. So I'm okay with it. it. It's kind of not the same case when, you know, the Switch is still Nintendo's main console. Yeah. It's, it's a little weird that it's also announced. Like, it, Again, it, Nintendo's still focusing here. That I think that's also part of it too. Is like it feels like I'm gonna be put on a list. <laughs> yeah, several one of several lists for you. Um, you know, like just right away, like Nintendo's like, oh, that IP blocked or something. Um, I don't. Know. It, yeah, it, I don't mess. I don't mess right with yet. this stuff until it's like unavailable. Like, you know, trying to play 3DO games in the year of our Lord 2024. It's not a thing you can just do. So, like... Not that you want to, either. I do! I don't play no shit. What, 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 are you, what are you playing on 3DO that's, like, best played on 3DO? I mean, Road Rash is the best version on 3DO. Uh, that's still asking a lot for Road Rash, in my opinion. Oh man, Road Rash is a great game. Don't you? Don't you? It, it's it's good. It's good. I just I, I don't know if I'd go through that work to play Road Rash. I mean, it ain't a lot of work. I've, I think I've got the entire 3DO library. I could just play it. Will is the emulation good on it though? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Oh, it's, okay. I'm surprised. I, most of those, most of those, uh, like the uh, CDI and stuff, don't have. CDI great. works okay. 3DO. Okay. The only that's game... what I've heard. The only game that is that is like notoriously doesn't work on the 3DO is Crash and Burn. 
Like it okay. just loops the intro over and over again. You can't actually play it. What was the? Was there not another CD console around the same time, or that, was that? You're it? probably just thinking of the multiple versions of the 3DO or the uh, CDI. Like CDI okay. had like three versions. Yeah, because they were all the because both of them they didn't make oh, no, hardware. Philips would make this CD. Philips did make the CDI, but yeah, I think they licensed it too. Yeah, and then uh, 3DO was only licensed. That's right. Yeah, That's it was probably Gold Star, Sanyo, and you know what? I'm probably also thinking of Sega CD because that was also kind of a pile. Of I've been shit playing the, the shit time. out of Sega CD lately. I've been playing. Oh, Panic. No, no, I remember what it was. It was the um, the Atari Jaguar is what I was thinking of. Because oh, the Jaguar, Jaguar CD? CD, the emulation yeah. on that is terrible. But there's only like five games. So okay. I, I, it was that was what I was thinking of. I'm like, no, the emulation on Sega CD was good too. I, I but that's the one. It was the the Jaguar. CD, Jaguar which, CD emulation. But Jaguar emulation is not great either, right? Well, it is now uh, since the guy who built uh, PMU, um, the guy that worked uh, for Digital. Um, oh, oh yeah, he released that publicly. Yeah, that's public. You can use it. Oh shit! And he made it. I didn't know that. He made it compatible with all Jaguar CD, but I still have trouble running them. Okay. Um, like if I boot up Primal Rage, like I can't play it. Like it just runs the demo, and I can't do anything. So I don't know. Huh. Anyways, so that's okay. Uh, well, I'm glad to know that 3DO doesn't completely suck. No, 3DO seems to run fine, except for Crash and Burn. I can never get Crash and Burn to work. But you know, I don't feel like I'm missing a whole lot. So. Uh, all right, let's do some tweets and get out of here. Shogun says Trinity Fusion. I bought this game because it looked like Mega Man, and then I discovered it was a roguelike. Uh, this one hooked me in for 20 bucks. This is a blast. The story is actually really good. Question with all these layoffs and budget cuts, do you see double A games making a resurgence? Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, the but not, um, you know, re- resurgence in the sense that I, I hope that we'll see some of these folks that have been laid off uh, joining up together to create some new smaller games. But 100%, yeah. It's not going to be, you know, resurgence, I guess, is probably a little strong. Yeah, and then and we go back to the Anthony problem of, like, you've really got to stand out in 2024. Otherwise, 100%. yeah, you're just going to... Well, you can stand out in different ways, right? You can, like, I would say that um, most of PlayStation, and I'm not trying to take a sh- shit on the games, but most of PlayStation stuff stands out because of how detailed everything is right like that is how how realistic their games look is a big part of the selling feature i wouldn't say that the mechanics of the gameplay are necessarily all unique um but then you play something like vampire survivors where like graphically it really isn't a looker um but the gameplay loop is is original in a way that like wasn't isn't really done uh, now it is of course by a bunch of people um and you know it was simple and like quick to play and but then had a lot of depth so like you can do it you can stand out in multiple ways it's just when you choose to be both middle of the road in terms of like graphic design which again not everybody's an artist that makes a game so that's you know but then you know i wouldn't also then just copy or do something that's already been done before too yeah, it's, which it's is my a, problem with Turnip Boy. It doesn't look as good as the first game, and it doesn't play as fun as the games it's emulating. It's a fine line to walk, and it's hard. But like the Macho Man always said, the cream will rise to the top. It will rise to the top. That's true. I I will say this though about Double A games. I think 
I think it's going to be a while before we get AA games again because we had our AA publisher and it was THQ Nordic. Um, <laughs> and and uh, guess who guess who where a ton of fucking layoffs are coming. They're like fucking uh, closings of studios, you know, so like your AA uh, publisher, um, it, they're they're dying like, because Embracer um, expected this big increase of money and I guess spent way too much of their own in I don't know I don't know how that happens like I don't know why you would spend more than you have as a company when you're not generating enough revenue to make it back then hope that everything is based on a merger but you know I guess that's I'm not in business so maybe it makes sense there um but that's that's who was doing all that stuff like Darksiders is not a triple a name right it had one great game and then the sequel came out and it was okay. And you know, it kind of faded away because the publisher People forgot died they made a and third and fourth game. And th- but yeah, like they made a third and fourth game in that series. And like, nobody talks about Genesis and barely any talks about three. And you can pick those games up for like eight bucks a piece. Actually probably five. Cause that was a Canadian conversion. So, you know, it's, and then they were doing remasters of the blob, which like was a, bigger game when it came out on the Wii, right? Like, uh, Cinemora, they released that at one point. Uh, they were doing Outcast. They were bringing back Time Splitters. You know, Time Splitters is not a AAA title. And that's not happening anymore because that studio closed. So I don't think you'll see um, a ton of AA, but I think you might see some very independent projects from these people and that's where you i think you get stuff like stardew valley like there, there'll be something else like that that comes out from an indie dev in the next little while i'm sure who is one of those people that are left go that'll you know set the world on fire that seems to be the case a yeah. lot of the times all right this should this one should be fun hopefully it won't go too long shogun says the great physical debate I've been digital since Xbox One. It's just easier for my life. I'm also a PC gamer. I understand the concern, but most of these games can't be played with just the disc. Gamers are now sounding like boomers being afraid of change. PC and mobile make up the majority of the gaming market, and they're all digital. The last holdout are consoles. This is an inevitable end, just like when people complained about DRM and Always Online. We now accept it as normal. All your base are belong to us. Yeah, so I mean, there's a difference between this is the direction the world is going in and this is dir- the direction the world is going in. How awesome is it? Um, like, yes, that you are correct. The direction the world is going in is all digital. The direction the, gr- the world is going in is that you don't own anything, you rent everything. The direction the world is going in is that if you've paid for something and we want to take it away, we'll take it away anyway. You're correct. That is the direction the world is going in. Whether that's the direction the world should be going in is a different question. Uh, and in my opinion, it is not. Uh, because I think as we have given up the concept of ownership, um, there's a lot of things that we've given up with that. 
so yeah i mean my you can call me a boomer i guess i'm 42 um but uh it just because like i said just because it is that way doesn't to my mind mean it should be that way so yeah no i i agree with you that like there should always be option like i don't want you to take away physical games i know it's coming like and you're and you're a person that doesn't buy them. No, I I do I save the plastic trees. Um, I don't I don't buy any discs of any sort. Uh, music, movies, video games, nothing. Everything I have is all 100% digital. But I don't think you should take it away because people love that shit and they love to be able to revisit those things and feel like they own them. Um, I do I think find though, it. Well, I, say, I do find it funny that people are like. You know, if it goes all digital, I'm going to quit gaming. Then you didn't really like gaming to begin with. Like, you, it sucks for you. I get it, but... Yeah, was it about gaming or was it about collecting? Yeah, like at that point, you're just you're just stockpiling plastic uh, if you're not playing the game. It's kind of like the people that just collect comic books. But don't read the them? people that yeah. read them. Yeah. Um, it, it, is a, it is arguably... There are hobbies that overlap. Um, you could be both, um, of course, too. But um, I, I think there is a group of people. I mean, go on YouTube, look up anybody um, who does a gaming channel. And if they're standing in front of a wall of games 90% of the time and not talking about the games that are on their wall, are they buying those games just to have it? It's like the people that um, complain about the greatest hits boxes being read on PlayStation 3. Um, and and uh, there's a couple other... Uh, uh, the Xbox with the silver, um, the green, you know, the PS1 red, even, games. even, uh, well, that, that, okay, that one's a bit gaudy, but, um, the, uh, the, even the red label on the PS2 boxes that say greatest hits bother some people. I'm like, okay, well then is it really about the game at that point? Like, unless you're somebody who's looking for, like, you know, speedrunners look for certain versions because before games could be patched, they would sort of release different versions over the years. So I understand if you're, like, somebody that's looking for that. But most of the time, it's, like, more for the look of the collection. And, like, I don't know. The look of the collection is to be practical to some extent because I want to play. Like, as, are, do I own games I have not played? Yes. A lot of them. But... It's never been bought for like just the sake of finishing a collection. It's been bought because I'm like, I want to play that. And then I don't. That's a failure on myself as a person, not <laughs> uh, but not the problem of like my my desire to play games. Um, you know, so like those are the people that say, like, if it goes digital, I'm not doing it anymore. Well, that's because you want something to show off and not something to experience. Um, there's record collectors that are like that too. Like it's not, Oh, it's um, every, it's every, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not criticizing these people specifically. It's just, again, you're in a different hobby than, than some of us. Um, I don't know. I guess someone that, that still buys a lot of physical media, um, there games, games are, I, I'm, I used to feel the same about games as, um, but Honestly, because most like the only thing that I'll put in that doesn't need an update right away is a Nintendo game. That is it. Like I'm not saying a Switch game. I'm saying 
a Nintendo first party game. Like I put in WarioWare, WarioWare at 1.0 might be 1.0 forever. Um, it may not need patches. Like they do a lot of uh, quality assurance. Um, but you know, some of their games do get patched and add content. And at that point, like, you know, it's even more so on discs, like, um, you know, uh, no man's sky i own that i own the original release of that um what is on the disc and what you would actually want to play are two different things so having that physical media is almost pointless um it's a bit different with movies and music that arguably should not change over time um music and movies both do they both get remastered and the like but um having that media there it doesn't change it, whatever is on that disc is on that disc forever it doesn't have to go into a game or a, a game console or whatever to be then transferred into something that is experienced um but saved to a hard drive first so i don't know like i've i don't understand why we're so attached to physical games at this point as someone that still buys some physical games yeah it's uh it's a, it's going to be an interesting conversation continuing for sure. All right, last uh set of tweets here. Jeremy says, "Hey guys, I'm still flying around in No Man's Sky, been messing with the freighters <laughs> as I got a <laughs> very relevant as I got a fleet given to me for helping with pirates. This game is just such a blast. I have Armored Core 6 on standby, but it might be a summer uh before I get to it with Dragon's Dogma 2 coming." question is what's your favorite old game that keeps on giving huh uh, i mean uh. the the game the game that i always go back to is uh super mario world i will probably go back to that game for the rest of my life so it's really good that's the game to me that that keeps on giving I mean, I, I have to say it's linked to the past. I think I replay that game uh, once every couple of years. I love that game. I was going to say that might it might be mine, even though it's not my favorite Zelda game. It's just it's the easiest Zelda experience to just get into. I love that is my favorite Zelda game, and I love I think almost every dungeon in that game. There's there's no um, because it doesn't have uh, big long cutscenes either. No, it's just... I'm going out, alright, see ya, Uncle. And then, like, whoops, gotta wake up, got got voices talking to me in the head, I'm gonna go into the castle now. Like, Is it, right. isn't, like, the longest conversation in that with Sha-Sha-Sha-Ra-La-La? I believe so. And that's, like, him explaining, basically, enough to explain the plot of what you're doing. Yeah. Sha-Sha-Sha-Ra-La-La should come back. There's also not, like... Um a bunch of side quests that are hard to figure out. They're nope. all pretty self-explanatory. Nope. All just right there. God, that game's good. The music is good, too. Oh, it's so good. Alright, uh, that's it. That's all I got for this week. Um, I think we're going to be back this week with uh, Phoenix Down. I don't remember when he said that we're going to get to it. He's he's closing in, man. He's got, what, like three months left? Two months left? Three months? Yeah, something like that. And then, the, then the baby, the baby be coming. Uh, so that's Greedfall. So hopefully that'll be back this week. Uh, if you want to tweet at us, ZTGD Radio on Twitter, emails podcast at ztgd.com. 
Uh, I think that's it. <coughs> Excuse me. We'll be back next week to talk about the most controversial review code in history of the Suicide Squad. Oh, God. I, I, might, I might just skip that conversation. Talk about a fucking nothing burger, in my opinion. <laughs> like, is it weird that they haven't sent out codes? No, it's yeah. not. Well, I mean, it's, no, it is it's a live of... service game. It happens with every live service game. I, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I will say them not sending codes out until the day of launch for a live service game is relatively typical. Them telling an outlet like IGN that they're not going to send them a code is not typical. No, that's not typical. Uh, yeah, I suppose, yeah. I don't know, it just... They're, they're making a choice, and like I understand it on one level because IGN is really good about like when something sucks, they really like drive it home to the point of like... What was it? Um... Remember how they retweeted something about Xbox for like three weeks or something because it was getting engagement? And like Yeah. Like the negative they know the negative stuff gets attention, so they they spam the hell out of it. So since they didn't really care for the game, WB was like, Well then why would we let you spam negativity about our game? But at the same time it makes WB look bad too. Well, and and they're they're buying the game. So now <laughs> The uh, they're gonna get the negative. They're gonna get the negativity anyway, with yep. the additional level of negativity where um, they look like they're afraid of something because they didn't give them a copy of the game. Now, 100%. listen, I, the the um uh, the, they're not they're not obligated to send anybody a copy of the game. Nope. Um, but it definitely does. Uh. It it is a little strange. It is strange, but also IGN, you're petty as fuck. Like, you know how many you know how many review codes I've been denied. I don't go on Twitter and write an article about it. No, of course. Like, yeah, you 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 also don't spend the the time up until that point of asking for review code shitting on something. Yeah, I like I feel bad when like I say something negative about something and somebody's like, "Hey, do you want a review code?" I'm like, "Really? Okay." Like, you weren't you weren't listening the other day, I guess. Like I shit on that. What was that? That fucking quantum error game, like for like two uh, weeks, and then they were like, "You want to code?" I'm like, okay. I think I think more than anything though, quantum error. Like it wasn't necessarily shitting on the game because if the game just came out, it would have been whatever. Uh, exactly, right? it was shitting on the fanboy crap. Well, th- yeah, that they were f- fanning the flames out. Fuck them. Yeah, and then, like they're and like if they're too reviews? stupid at that point to realize maybe handing a code to this person is a bad idea, then fuck them. Uh-huh. But that's that's the that's the type of environment that you know they made. It's kind of like how, um, uh, man, I, I don't know why I remember this, um, but back when Total Biscuit was around, um, the people that made Titan Souls. Uh, got into it with him and he ref- basically because there was that bad blood he just said I'm not reviewing the game uh, I just there's no way I'm going to be not biased towards these people who have been just constantly being rude to me Um, I want to say they may have made a joke about him having cancer which is like mm. but um, it, it was such a weird thing to see like between you know the developer and a youtuber which is the reviewer like the that's what it feels like 
with this case is the IGN is upset and Warner Brothers upset and like both of them just kind of seem like childish about the whole thing. That, that's what I that's what I meant when I said online like I just hate this Discord. It just makes everybody look bad because you're just being you're acting like fucking children. Knock it off. Both sides. Stop it. it. It's only the only reason why I think it's weird. Um, not even the IGN part that they're not sending codes out. But I don't do a lot of live service reviews because I just don't like playing live service games at all. Um, is just that any time a game is like given to reviewers the day of outside of Nintendo because their rules are weird. Um, it just feels like okay, is this so like people would buy the game and not know that it's bad ahead of time? Uh, I mean, sure, but enough. <clears throat> I think enough people are savvy enough. Like, here's the thing: the people that are savvy enough to read the reviews are going to wait anyway, and the people who were going to buy it based on the commercial on WWE Raw were going to buy it without reading the reviews <laughs> anyway. Fair enough. So, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. Who cares? Like, word of mouth will always win for certain games. But anyway, that's it. We're going to get out of here. Peace, Beatrice. Alrighty. And it goes something like this. <laughs>